welcome to the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast with your hosts Chip Patterson and Barton Simmons. The ultimate insider's guide from signing day to the national championship game and everything in between. CBS Sports presents the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast. Locks Battle Week 9. Here on the 24-7 Sports College Football Podcast, Chip Patterson joined by Tom Finelli and Barton Simmons. Uh, the continuing competition between these experts. One, which Barton still leads Tom. We will get review here in a second. Tremendous weekend. Um, and everyone is in the positive. The syndicate as a whole made money. Um, Tom, how, how are you feeling? You were, you were out um, because of illness. DNP... Uh, voice. <laughs> so, what do you, are, I'm afraid that I'm going to lose you for future episodes now. Yeah, I mean, I I had a perfect week when I wasn't on the show, so I think that the obvious strategy going forward is just to email my picks to you before the show, and then you guys can discuss them, and then I can win. What did we, a hey, uh, Barton? What did we trash the most out of this? I, I don't remember. I do remember having some doubts about at least one or two of the picks. And so jokes jokes on us, I jo- guess, huh? Jokes definitely on us. It might have been Texas plus seven. That that was one. That was one. I was like, oh, that's that's gutsy. Um, you never go against Tom Herman as a dog, especially at home. I know. Yeah, that's a good thing. Hey. <laughs> <laughs> now, now I know. Uh, yeah, so Tom uh, hit on UCF minus seven. Tom hit on Texas plus seven. Bama, Tennessee over 50.5. Woo! Sweating that one. Uh, Purdue, Rutgers under 47 and a half. Did not sweat that one. A sweet 14 to 12 result there. And then yeah. Notre Dame minus three and a half. Uh, no sweating on that. Uh, Barton, Michigan. Yeesh. Michigan plus nine and a half. Mississippi State minus 11 and a half. Never a doubt. You were also on UCF minus seven. Wake plus six and a half. The Bees pulled away late. Uh, Florida State, that was you and I. We That was wrong. We already discussed that. I don't, I don't want to have to relive that. And then Missouri minus 14. Easy money right there. But that's three and three. That is, uh, that is even on the week. So, um, I have I still haven't gotten a chance to door do, open. Yeah, I still haven't done a chance to gotten a chance to do the audit. Uh got a big big card this week. So you're at twelve. Tom with his plus five week is up to plus seven. Whoa. Mm. That's I mean, right, here I come. I think Tom is my inspiration for going heavy this week. Just realizing <laughs> how quickly things can change. One of my running backs must have run out of bounds on my four minute offense. <laughs> or uh like my my quarterback didn't Threw the ball away or something. Uh, I got Syracuse plus 17, Tulane plus 11 and a half. Never a doubt kicking in the back door. Uh, then Eastern Michigan push at plus three. UConn Tulsa, some sleepy ball at the rent under 75 and a half. Easy money. Missed bad on Florida State minus six and a half and sweated out a Duke pit under that did cash. So that is four, one and one plus three for the week from net zero to plus three gentlemen we're making people rich i'm saying i'm i am a little afraid that, i think that the battle part of the locks battle is what i'm focused on right now and i'm i think that i need to give that out as like a surgeon's general warning to the listeners 
I might be mo- I might be more focused on catching Barton and Tom than making you cash at this point. <laughs> Chips picks may be hazardous to your health. <laughs> exactly. Um, all right. Well, week nine. We're picking locks. My blue plate special five star locks are coming. Come get these locks. Five star master lock. Lock it up. You want these locks? I'm 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 living and dying every every point every cover. Let's uh let's get it started. Tom, you were the leader last week, so you've got the honors. Why don't you get us started? Uh, sure. I'm going to start. You know, it worked for me last week, and I'm doing it again this week. Notre Dame minus seven at home against NC State. Uh, there's just honestly, I think Notre Dame's a better team than NC State. Yes. The Wolfpack have picked up big wins for the program in beating both Florida State and Louisville, but as we've seen this year, neither Florida State or Louisville are the teams we thought they would be, and I think that NC State's getting kind of propped up. And then just as far as the matchup is concerned, you know, statistically, if you look at the normal, your your regular statistics, NC State's defense has been really solid, and it is a really solid defense. It's just when you get into the advanced stats, you know, you start to see some cracks. First of all, if you use S&P Plus, NC State's defense ranks only 53rd in the country. Its run defense is 33rd, and its ISO PPP, which is basically a way of measuring in explosiveness, like how often you give up explosive plays, or if you're an offense, how explosive your offense is, right. is ranked 73rd. On the flip side, Notre Dame's rushing attacks, S&P Plus, is the number one in the country. It's the best rushing offense in the country and it's ISO PPP is the fourth most explosive offense in the country. So when I look at this matchup, I see Brandon Winbush and Josh Adams, even against that defensive line with Bradley Chubb and company, I still see Notre Dame breaking off a lot of big runs because obviously when you're playing that read option game, it's, it's no longer 10 on 11, it's 11 on 11 and it gives the offensive advantage. So they're going to have to decide to take one of them away. My guess is NC state's going to try to take Josh Adams away more than it does Wimbush. And they're going to make Wimbush run as much as possible, but still Wimbush is a very explosive runner as a quarterback and Notre Dame's offense. Just overall, it's a bunch of big plays and NC state has shown a propensity to give up big plays this year. And on the flip side, I don't have that much confidence in NC state's offense, really being able to do too much damage against this Notre Dame defense. So when I combine all that, and plus the fact that this Notre Dame offensive line is probably far and away the best offensive line NC state's going to deal with so far this season. I like Notre Dame by two scores in this game. So if you, I only have to give up seven, I'm going to take it and I'm going to feel great about it. Lock fight. We Whoa. got a lock fight. I'm going to the Wolf Pack. I'm going to the Wolf Pack, baby. Uh, hey, okay, hey, Chip. Before you go, I gotta tell you. I think I went into this sort of up in the air, and and Tom just kind of convinced me on Notre yeah. Dame. So I I, I want to see whether like now where's your car- counter argument? Let me see if you can convince me back to NC State. Notre Dame. So, Notre Dame is statistically being propped up by North Carolina, Miami of Ohio, Michigan State, and Temple. I mean, that's like if, if you're going to throw those stats. I mean, NC State is covered on the road every single time that it's gone on the road this year. Um, I I like the fact that, yeah, yeah, they've given up some explosive plays, but they've also played Eric Dungy and Lamar Jackson. Um, you know, the South Carolina game probably hurts them in a lot of ways. That game was stupid. Uh, I, I think that this is coming off the bye week. This will be the game that NC State – 
is able to to rise up and get the good big win for, especially with Notre Dame coming off the USC game. And look, I I'm calling NC State to win, but I I feel I don't feel like that's a lock at all. But at plus seven, I think that I should be able to get a push here. I think that Notre Dame is going to find itself suddenly challenged by Ryan Finley, uh, it, just in terms of patience. I think NC State's just going to dink and dunk, work the perimeter. And uh, guys like Kelvin Harmon, uh, Jalen Samuels, Naheem Hines, I I think that NC State has maybe superior skill position play at this point. What? Then in, hey, listen, outside of the running backs and Brandon Wimbush, like, do you, do you really believe that Notre Dame skill players have been playing better than NC State's this year? No, I don't think the receivers have been better. I just, I, I but I, I'd say Naheem Hines is the only one I would consider to be better than anybody that Notre Dame has at the school position I uh I'm yeah I I think that this is this is the one that they win and then they come home and lose to Clemson that's kind of how I'm I'm seeing this one play out I this Notre Dame team I really want to believe in and and I just I haven't been able to do it yet I haven't been able to to and I can't put my finger on why. I don't know why I don't trust this team yet. Uh, I love their offensive line, but Brandon Wimbush has turned into a glorified Wildcat quarterback this year, which sort of, you know, kind of sits funny with me. Um, and defensively, as good as and, and as sound as they've been, as improved as they've been, it's 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 like it's almost too good to be true. Like I still can't. So I I'm I'm staying away from this game. I think I picked. Notre Dame to win, NC State to cover, and the expert picks. Uh, I just think seven points is is a lot for two teams that I feel like are fairly evenly matched. Um, but I'll let you two fight this out, and I'll sit it out on the sideline. Well, I I just want to be clear. I don't. I think that Notre Dame is going to lose one more game, maybe even two, over the course of the season. Because go along with what you just said, this is a team that offensively is too one dimensional to really be considered a playoff threat or national title contender in my eyes it's just I don't think this is the week where that happens I think this is a good matchup for them and I think that their loss is going to come either to like somebody like Stanford or Miami or whoever you know somebody else that's left on the schedule I think this one Notre Dame gets by just fine maybe wake too yeah honestly (laughs) um lock all right lock fighting I uh Good so old you, lock fight to kick things off. So you say, so you say two. Damn, Tom, we are like fourteen points off on how we see this one going. Yeah. Well, mm. you're you're seven points off. I'm I'm dead on. Well, uh, <laughs> well, no, I guess I guess I guess we're uh, we're both entrenched in our Homer picks. Then noted yeah. Notre Dame fan, Tom Fernelli. Yeah. Okay. Noted Raleigh resident Chip yeah. Patterson. <laughs> All right, Barton, uh, take us take us somewhere. Okay, uh, I'm going to be uncharacteristically light this week. Uh, didn't see a ton of games that I loved, but this game I love. Missouri minus 13. Mm. I, I took Missouri last week, feeling pretty good about that Idaho game when they were laying 14 and they ended up covering by about 30. And I said after that game, I said, in fact, I was talking to one of my buddies on the phone. He was like, man, that was a – you know, good call on Missouri, and I was like, hey, keep an eye on UConn. Like, if that game opens at, like, 20, 23, take Missouri. And it opened at 13. Or maybe it maybe even opened lower than that. I think it opened, like, 11 and went up to 13. UConn, like, here's the thing about Missouri. 
is they are not a great football team. But that offense is so explosive that a bad football team will get run out of the building by them. Because you gotta be able to you have to be able to have the defense that can stop those guys and then you force their defense to play football, or you have an offense that can keep up with them. And UConn has neither. UConn, in fact, has the worst passing defense in college football. 130 out of 130. And Missouri has one of the most explosive passing offenses in college football. This is another home game. This is coming off of a game where at every game matters for them. This is not an overlooked spot. Missouri has to win every opportunity they have because right now they're looking at their schedule and they've got an opportunity of going to a bowl. And and that sounds crazy when you yes. think about where they were after getting just smoked by, you know, Purdue 35 to 3, right? Like South Carolina 31-13 and you're sitting there at 1 and 2 with a ugly win over Missouri State and you're like this is this season's done. And they keep on getting blown out and here they are put up 28 against Georgia, put up 68 against Idaho and now they got a chance to win their third game with games left against Arkansas, Vanderbilt and Tennessee that are all very winnable. Um so I'm going to take Missouri, and I'm going to say Missouri runs away with this thing and, and has another blowout win over an inferior opponent because UConn is bad, and their d- defense is the worst part, <laughs> and, and Missouri can feast on those sort of teams. I'm on this under. 78-and-a-half? Yeah. 78-and-a-half? That's too many damn points. Yeah, that's a, a principal play. Points. Uh, yeah, principal play. I'm, so I'm, I am on the card. Mizzou, UConn, under 78 and a half. They tried to throw me a, a UConn over under up in the high 70s last week. Cashed comfortably. Now, this is not going to be the uh, the eight-year-old soccer game noon kickoff at the rent that we had last weekend, but still too many dang points. Like, even at a even if Missouri goes up, and you're right, every game does matter. But this isn't a uh, this isn't a spot where I I think that um, like I don't think that this game's going to be a shootout a competitive shootout and I think that even as explosive as Missouri's offense is uh, it's it's a long season and this is late October I, I like it I'm going to go under seventy eight and a half I agree with both honestly. Uh, maybe we should parlay it maybe we should do a, a, a syndicate lock and parlay. <laughs> <laughs> no, I just, you know, yeah, I, I going back to what Barton was saying, it is an explosive offense. And, you know, I, I mentioned <clears throat> when discussing the last game, Notre Dame ranks fourth in the country in the ISO PPP on offense. Missouri is actually the number one offense in the country by that metric. So they are technically the most explosive offense in the country. And UConn has been able to put up points against bad to slightly okay-ish AAC teams. I don't really expect them to be able to do it against Missouri, at least not on the level where they're going to be able to keep up and stay within that spread and then help that game get to the over. So I, I like both your picks. And the AAC is, is terrible this year. Like they've got their, their teams up top. They got the USF and UCF and Memphis, but beyond that, like all the teams that have been pretty good in the past, like Tulsa's no good this year. Temple's no good this year. SMU didn't really cycle up. Like you want East Carolina's terrible. Um, so, this is like, 
I, I, I just, I'm, any of the non-big three in the AAC, I'm, I'm feel pretty good about fading if they're playing a Power Five program. So, Bart, wait, uh, Barton, what you, you said? Uh, what was the word? I, I lost you after T. It was uh, the AAC is terrifically entertaining, right? The AAC <laughs> is uh, tremendously uh, un- unexpected football. Like it is fun. It is there's fun. No denying that <laughs> when there's all these teams and. No one's really all that much better than each other outside of uh, UCF, and uh, we can get to uh, we can get to the Bulls here in a little bit. Um, oh, all right, I got another Homer pick. I'm going do it. Wake plus three revenge game for Wakey Leaks with Louisville coming to town. Interesting. I, 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 I like I can't where you're going there. I didn't I didn't think about that that and that line that line scared me. That was way too close for comfort, but you know now that you're mentioning at home with that extra motivation, uh, maybe like where your head's at. Coaching, Talk it out. Yeah, dude, coaching staff is going to flip on this one. And how about we've got uh, some kind of ridiculous re- reverse line movement on this one. Uh, opened at six. Right now, according to Sportsline, 80% of the public on Louisville, and it has dropped from six to three. Uh, I didn't realize it opened that. So I was seeing it open at two and a half, but um, I guess maybe it was a six like a week ago or something. Maybe. I, I think yeah. when they first put the line out on Sunday, it was at six and then it was quickly bet down. Wow. I think, you know, the, the other thing too, Wake last 10 games in the ACC, seven, two and one against the spread. So I, I, I still like Louisville. But I don't really have a great feel on this one either way. I think either call is fine. I think I wouldn't be surprised if Wake wins just because of the problems we've seen from Louisville. I just think that I I have a hard time going against Lamar Jackson in this game against a Wake Forest defense that's good, but against an offense that in my mind isn't exactly it's not a big play type of explosive kind of offense where I feel like if you're going to beat Louisville even this year you need to be able to put up some points and I don't know if Wake Forest is going to be able to do that but I don't I don't hate the pick at all I, so we all we all agree that that Wake is a pretty good team this year Wake correct? is a yeah Wake is a pretty good football team so I do in the sense that they are a pretty good football team and yet they are 0 and 3 now in their opportunities to knock off really good football teams you know, I, I think this is the type of team that, that gets somebody at some point, whether it's Louisville this week, Notre Dame next, NC State later in the year. Like, it seems like they, they're not going to go 0 for 6 when you include Florida State, Clemson, Georgia Tech in, in upsetting somebody that's, that's significantly, you know, that's a, that's a name. So if this, this could be a spot. And, and by the way, tw- uh, 12-20 Eastern kick, and this is, fellas, Family weekend. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> so, shield the kids' of, eyes. A lot of moms and dads in the crowd ready to get that place hopping. Shield the kids' eyes from what Wake Forest is about to do to Louisville. It's going to be Greg Dortch lighting it up down the field. It's going to be both John Walford and Kendall Hinton. Cam Serenye streaking down the seam for a touchdown. <laughs> Go Deeks. Wake also, plus three. Lock it up. Sh- Shield your eyes from Louisville's uniforms. I don't know which ones they'll be wearing, but you don't want to look directly at them anyway. And they won't look good on the uh, regional sports network broadcast. <laughs> like, alternate uniforms, noon kicks, and local broadcasts for some reason are uh, never quite appealing on the HDTV. 
could be a letdown opportunity there with a big win over Florida State. Uh, going on the road then it's in the morning kick, you know. And wakes something lot, there. A lot of teams are getting their big win over Florida State this year. That's true. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> but I mean, wakes wakes mad. Like they they hung in that Georgia Tech game, uh, and then in the fourth quarter, uh, Georgia Tech just pulled away. I they're also starting to look at the the bowl game math. You know, they need everything. I all right. Enough enough with my homerism. I got Wake also, plus three. I, 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 that was a frustrating game last week to have Wake in the points and watch them lead the whole game, and the game just wouldn't end. Like every time I looked up, it's like, are you serious? I got to wait another quarter and a half to cover this thing. And sure enough, Georgia Tech just kept on sticking with the plan and, and pulling through. So it was a that was a tough one. I would have liked to have won that one. Yeah, the uh, I think I, I think Wake was a good side there, but. Taquan Marshall long touchdown runs in the final minutes. It's pretty painful. Like how Taquan Marshall's a sophomore, I think. He's going to end up ruining some some spreads for at least two more years in the ACC. Yeah. Uh lot right. to like about that guy. Yeah, lots to like. All right, Barton. Hit me. Um up. All right. Let me go. I'm going to go with the the uh largest outdoor cocktail party. Um I'm going to look at this is an obvious play. This is probably a, a, a Joe play. A lot of public on this one, I would imagine. But I'm going to go Georgia minus 13 and a half because Florida's not very good. And I've, I think I've faded Florida three times this year and won all three. I, I just don't think that they've, I mean, and there's a, I can't. Remember. I guess we didn't talk about it, but there's there there there's a lot of kind of unnecessary off the field clutter with Jim McElwain um, and his his alleged death threats. There's there's Georgia with coming into this game, and I think they're actually going to benefit from the fact they've lost the last few. Um, they're going to be very motivated. They're a lot better football team. I don't see Florida being able to move the ball. <clears throat> this is – I don't see why this can't be as ugly as, as any of these other SEC East games Georgia's playing. I, I'm going to go with the Bulldogs minus 13.5 and expect them to cover easily. I picked it. I, it's not a lock for me, but I'm, uh, I'm with you on that one. I, look, you mentioned the it's three in a row. Like, Georgia knows – like being intellectually honest with itself, this Georgia football team knows it is so much better, and the fact that they haven't beat Florida, I, I give them the intangible advantage. And yeah, when you uh, when you consider the, I don't think the mess that Jim McElwain has created inf- impacts the players, but it can't be good for the uh, the general mental fragility of this coaching staff and Jim McElwain when it comes time for big time decisions to be made out there in Jacksonville. I'm not putting a huge check mark in like uh, the, the Georgia advantage column because of that, as much as it's just sort of another just extraneous, like sort of state of the program snapshot. Georgia's 20 points better. Yeah. Georgia's 20 points better than Florida. Like I think that you see 13 and a half because it's a rivalry game and because of yeah. all the extra things. Like I think that uh, 
in the when when you line these two teams up and you play you, you like game sim it or whatever or the what is it the sports line computer sim does what fifty thousand ten thousand simulations or whatever like I think that the Bulldogs are a significantly better ball club I'm not making it a lock but I get it Tommy did, did you and plus you guys been seeing how all these Florida guys are like kind of talking talking trash to the media oh like, my gosh yes I mean come on you're gonna like you're gonna give extra motivation now I just I think Georgia's going to come in here wanting to really send a message like this rivalry is is shifting, fellas. Like, get ready. And so I, I, I like Georgia. What I want to know is are any of those Florida players sending death threats? Um, <laughs> I, I, I don't like this line at all, honestly. I, I think Georgia is very so much better than Florida. But again, in this kind of game, the 13 and a half scares me. I'm actually more comfortable with the under in this game than I am anything else, just because I don't expect Florida to be able to score a lot of points against Georgia in this one. And the question will just simply be how well does the Florida defense do withstanding and holding up against Georgia in that running attack? So I, I'm more comfortable with an under because I could see like a 24 to 14 or 24 to 10 kind of win for Georgia and you know one of them covers one of them doesn't but both go under so that's kind of where I'm leading I've got uh 27 10 what's the number at 46 44 uh, 43 and a half yay Dang. it's it's a sweaty under yeah it's, but, it's the under sweats for sure yeah but I, I I feel comfortable with it just because I don't trust Florida to be able to score enough points period and it's it's just gonna be a question of how how well can it contain Georgia? Mm, we'll see. Uh, all right, Tom, lock me up. Uh, another under for me, and another one of the weekend's larger games. Wait, are you locked I'm, up? Are you locking up the cocktail party under? No. Okay. No, not all a lock. Right. All right. Just just a pick. Just a sweat. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I'm going with the under 57 in Penn State at Ohio State. Love it. I, I like that. Yeah. I. My gut instinct really wants to take Penn State in the points. It's just I don't know how this game's really going to go. I, I felt like when that line opened up, Ohio State was too large of a favorite and that it's gotten bet down pretty much since then. But I feel the under is very solid. Both of these teams have good defenses. Penn State might have, you know, depending on what metric you want to use, Penn State might have the best defense so far to this point in the country, even better than Alabama's in a lot of stats. And Ohio State's obviously plenty of talent on their defense. And for me, there's been a lot of talk over the last month about, you know, JT Barrett's now a Heisman candidate because he's, you no, know, he's got not. however many touchdowns and one interception and he's been lighting it up. But they've been doing it against, you know, UNLV, Maryland, Nebraska, and I think the other one was Army. I can't remember who that fourth game. But it's just they've been playing inferior opponents for the last month, and it's really built up their stock again. And just in his career, JT Barrett has struggled against Penn State. Last season, You know, he, he I think he had a completion percentage of 63, but his yards per attempt was somewhere like four and a half or five. Just wasn't very efficient, turned the ball over. And he's had that kind of history against a lot of the Big Ten's better teams in the last few years. So I don't have a lot of faith that Ohio State has actually worked out its problems and will be able to solve Penn State as much as it's just been playing bad teams. And I think Ohio State's defense is good enough to at least limit Saquon Barkley and make Trace McSorley have to beat it. And as good as Trace McSorley can be at times, 
I'll take my chances against just him if I could take Barkley out of the picture. So I think this is going to be a close game, and I lean towards Penn State covering if you want to bet the actual spread. But I'm much more comfortable in the fact that this game is like a 27 to 24 kind of game or a 27 to 21 type of game. So I, I really like the under in this one. I agree with all of your inclinations. The only reason that I didn't give out an under is just because I thought last week would be an under two. I thought Penn State Michigan was going to be a low scoring affair and they they uh, went off. And you know, and I, I think that they'll be able to handle Ohio State, but Ohio State's got a lot of big play potential. Like both these teams can break big plays. Um, and I think both these teams are well coached enough to to scheme out some some points if they get in the red zone. So I, I'm I would be on your side and I like your side. I also like Penn State um, and the points. That's what I, I, I in fact I picked Penn State to win in our expert picks. Um, none of those I feel confident enough to 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 hand out as a lock, but I am I'm on your team on those. You also got uh, uh, Barton and I were talking to. Dave Biddle from Bucknuts. You're gonna have weather. You know you're gonna yeah, have, you're gonna have some weather. I forgot about that. You got uh, G- Greg Schiano and Kevin Wilson. We're both talking about how this is gonna be a, a good old Big Ten football game. <laughs> and if they're talking, if if the coaches are talking like that, sounds like these coaches are preparing for a game that they're trying to win like 21-17. Except for Kevin Wilson, with all those years at Indiana, he might have a skewed view of what a good old fashioned Big Ten football game is. <laughs> Fair. He might be thinking forty-eight, forty-five. Fair. <laughs> Now, all that said, let's lock up the Buckeyes minus six and a half. Let's go. Yeah. Whoa, you're taking the Bucks. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, Wow. I I think that this is the spot where I think that we will, on Sunday morning, we will have, uh, like, we or anyone who's smart will look at Ohio State and believe that they still have some of the same issues in terms of the way that uh, JT Barrett is developed, the way that this offense plays, and I, I still think Ohio State can win this game by a touchdown. I think it's going to be an awesome game, but I'm looking at uh, – Barton, we've talked about it. I'm looking at Ohio State's offensive line, and I'm like, this has got to be the best game that you've had. You've got uh, the extra week to prepare. I think J.K. Dobbins has a huge game. I think that – you mentioned uh, Tom Penn State, but like – I mean, Michigan, Northwestern, Iowa, Pittsburgh, everyone knows the world beaters of Akron. Like, I think that there is, like, without even making JT Barrett beat you with his arm, I think that the Ohio State ground attack and uh, the work that can be done by Ohio State's front four can be enough to to anchor a win. Again, I think that there's nothing about this game and there's nothing about, like, forget JT Barrett, the Heisman candidate. That's not the situation at all but I think that Ohio State as a team in spite of whatever limitations JT Barrett has can win this game like 24-17 lock it up yeah yeah that's that's why I'm kind of didn't really want to go with the spread because I can see that happening but like what was your final score there 24-17 that's under that's a that's a safe under my friend (laughs) uh I listen I, I I said at the beginning of the podcast my 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 eight pack of picks needs a Surgeon's General warning. We're going with the uh, empty set, all uh, all streaks offense. So <laughs> we're going Ohio State minus six and a half. 
We're know, running Dino, five verts. Dino <laughs> Baber style, no huddle in sight. Yeah. It is an offense that, that will not will huddle. Not huddle. Um, all right. So let's go, Barton, back to you. I'm going to stay in the Big Ten, and I'm going to go Indiana minus four and a half over Maryland. I just I I think that Indiana is a is a good football team. We've been waiting for them to break out. They they had a awesome first half against Ohio State in the opener. They beat what's turned out to be handily a pretty good Virginia team. They the the game is closer than the score against Penn State where Penn State had two defensive touchdowns and a kick return touchdown. They lost in overtime to Michigan, they were up most of the game against Michigan State and let it get away late. I, I, this is quietly, if you look at the, the numbers, this is one of the best defenses in, in the country. Um, and they're playing a Maryland team who's, who hasn't been able to do anything with their third-string quarterback. Um, I think there's a chance this is a good under candidate as well i don't know either team is going to score a lot of points but i think this is the time that that indiana takes an opportunity uh against a winnable opponent puts together complete performance and uh it shows up and wins i I think i think indiana wins this game by seven to ten points and covers me and uh you know, this is just I, I like Tom Allen. I think he's a really good coach. Indiana, he well he needs team. it. He needs a, a win. He needs a win like this. A solid. Yeah, and it's been a tough little. I mean, hey, they play Michigan, Michigan State. I mean, they're going to be a little bit beat up. Uh, so I, I, I grant that. But hey, Maryland's coming off of a Wisconsin game, uh, who's who's pretty physical in their own right. Northwestern, Ohio State. So that's that's not necessarily a, a cakewalk either. So I, I think Indiana comes in this ready, motivated to get their win. Um, they need it. I think. I think Tom Allen gets it done. You're not a big believer in Max Borton Schlager. <laughs> it's been really hard to take Maryland seriously ever since Borton Schlager was named the new starting quarterback. Yeah, and then they won their first game though. I know. That's the best part. Borton Schlager won the first start against Minnesota. I think he threw like three passes. I can't remember. <laughs> uh, no, yeah. yeah. I think. Yeah, I think when you get to the East, when you get past those top teams, I think there's a pretty especially at this point with all the maryland injuries i, I do think indiana's a little bit like a, a tier above the maryland's and the rutgers of that division so yeah I, I think that's a pretty safe pick uh tom what you got uh we're going to conference usa oh wow for this one wow yeah oh well, you know i started with the big dogs now i move into the little ones i'm taking southern miss or, I'm sorry, not Southern Miss, Louisiana Tech, minus 13 on the road against Rice. Why? Now, Why? Well, Classic Fornelli pick. This is, <laughs> this is one of those instances where I'm not so much betting on Louisiana Tech as much as I'm betting against Rice, a very bad football team. 
And I just think that Louisiana Tech is a team that, it, you know, it, it played well against Western Kentucky, beat Western Kentucky on the road, and they're one of the better teams in that conference. It beat South Alabama by 18. It played really well against South Carolina on the road, losing by one. It lost by one on the road against UAB. And then last week it lost to a good Southern Miss team. So it's not a great Louisiana Tech team. It's just Rice, again, very, very not good. You know, it lost 62 to 7 to Stanford. It lost 38 to 3 against Houston. It lost 42 to 10 against Pitt. It lost 49 to 12 against Harvey. This is a team that is very good at losing by a lot of touchdowns. And I just expect that to happen again. I think Louisiana Tech is a better team. Louisiana Tech is trying to get to a bowl game itself and it needs this win. And Rice, I feel like, is a team that's kind of just, you know, it's cooked, put it that way. So I, ah, I think that <laughs> I like the Bulldogs in this one. And I li- I feel like 13 if is just a little too small. And I, I think that just because it's on the road, Vegas didn't want to give them too many points there. But I, I just don't see Rice hanging around in this one. Tom. It feels like Rice is sort of uh, like this is they, they need a new admin. They need a new regime there. Yeah. It just feels like they're just going through the motions at this point. They haven't been competitive in years. Uh, you know, they've got who's the coach there? Um, God, he's, he's been there remember. forever. Bailiff, uh, the bailiff. Yes, yes, yeah, yes. David Bailiff. Yeah, yeah. Bailiff. They were, their, their last decent season was 2014, and they've been really bad ever since. Um, it feels like this one is a foregone conclusion that Louisiana Tech wins, just a matter of how much. I don't. I, yeah, I'm, I can. I can live with that pick. Tom, Jeff Drizzle is no longer at Louisiana Tech, but do you know where Jeff Drizzle's little brother is? Not Florida. Florida Atlantic. Atlantic. Yeah. He is leading the FAU offensive renaissance. Little, little Jeff Drizzle. Wait, what is, what's the littlest uh, Drizzle's first name? It's another J. John? Jason. What is, is it? Jason? Jason. Jason, yeah. Jason yeah. Driscoll. Jason Driscoll's busy getting Lane Kiffin a new job. Yeah, exactly. Lane Kiffin's just out here like campaigning publicly for his next gig on Twitter. <laughs> just like he's also no, no, no hiding it. He's also maybe committing a secondary violation and trying to recruit <laughs> Lamar Jackson away from Louisville. Right. Just <laughs> no shame. Give an F. Yeah. yeah. Um, all right, Tom. I I hadn't heard you mention this pick, but I know from our discussions that. You and I are on opposite sides on this one. So I will ask you again for the purposes of the podcast, who decided that Iowa State was a world beater? I'm going TCU minus six and a half. I don't think that the value of – I don't think there's value in these the string of runs since beating Oklahoma. And I think that while Iowa State has been very good with Kemp coming in and moving the ball through the air – I think that this is a spot where Iowa State's third down defense ends up letting them down and they're never able to get into a rhythm and TCU just like slowly works its way through another one of these like 31 to 7 type wins. I feel very comfortable about TCU minus six and a half. You can feel comfortable if you want. It's not a lock for me, but it is in my pick six column, my underdog of the week. I'm I took Iowa State plus six and a half. It's an Iowa State team that is six and one against the spread this season, including three and one at home. It's eight and two against the spread in its last ten home games, and it's you know covered four straight this month. It's seven and one against the spread against teams with winning records in its last eight games. And meanwhile, 
you know, I just I I believe in Iowa State. I, quite simply, I think that offensively, this is a team that's going to be able to hang with TCU. I think they're going to be able to put up points, and I think especially at home at Jack Trice. We've seen in the past a lot of Big 12 teams, particularly teams on top of the Big 12, go to Jack Trice and Ames and have a bad day. And as we've discussed previously, I think that this is a TCU team that has not had the bad day yet that every good team has. Not necessarily a lost bad day, but just where things don't go as planned and they're stuck in games that are a lot closer. We saw it with Alabama against Texas A&M. We saw it with Penn State on the road against Iowa about a month ago. And I think this is the week where TCU is going to go on the road in a large, very loud, packed stadium against a team with really high hopes and fans that are extremely optimistic because their team is good for the first time in quite a while. And I just think that this is the week where TCU sputters a little bit. I think the Horned Frogs are going to win, but I think it's going to be a close game in the fourth quarter, and I like Iowa State getting the six and a half. That said, I'd be much more comfortable with it. It would be a lock if it was at seven or seven and a half. It's six and a half. There's still that, you know, that late touchdown front door cover possibility for TCU there. So it's not a lock. I understand your side. I just feel much more comfortable with the Cyclone side. Mm. Barton, you got anything on this one? I mean, I, I would. I picked in the experts' picks. I picked TCU. I am with you, Chip, on the whole. Like, when did Iowa State become this like juggernaut? You know, they beat Texas Tech. I mean, I know they beat Oklahoma earlier in the year, and that, that's that's big. But um, I'm not a believer in them yet. I, I get everything that Tom's saying makes sense to me as well, but that's I, I would not have the, the stones to pull the trigger on that. Like I still think TCU is the team. I, I mean, I, I think TCU has been probably the most consistent team in college football this year uh, with the possible exception of Alabama. And uh, so I don't, I don't have any reason to think they're going to give me a letdown here. One's probably coming this year. This could be a spot for it, but I, I would not be comfortable with the line under a touchdown to pick against them. Who do you think is the more uh, – who? what team has inspired the most confidence based on consi- – consistency is an interesting thing to present, particularly at this point in the season. Uh, let's say Penn State, Georgia, TCU. Of those three, who do you think inspires the most confidence with their consistency? Barton, you first. TCU. I might go Georgia. I might go Georgia. If you look at – Look, I mean, TCU, they went on the road to beat that Oklahoma State team. Um, they they handle Kansas State and Manhattan, which is always tough. They, you know, West Virginia made it a game, but it was always West Virginia sort of trying to keep it within a score. Um, I just think that they've done what they're supposed to be. I, I, Georgia's up there, too. Like, I mean, Georgia's, what, with the exception of just kind of a – a Missouri game that wasn't as dominant as we wanted. Like, I don't know that Georgia's done anything that's that's been concerning. So they're right up there too. I think Penn State honestly is the of the three you mentioned, like the one that's got some consistency issues. Like, I go back, back to like Pitt outgained them. Uh, Indiana was that was a, statistically a really close game. Iowa, like that that was a game that they t- needed a a last second score to win. And and I don't. Those aren't indictments of Penn State because they won those games, and particularly the Iowa game. In fact, it showed a lot about the ability to make big plays when it matters. But 
in terms of consistency, like I, I don't know that that would put them up there with TCU right now. What do you think, Tom? Georgia. Georgia, yeah. Yeah, I think, you know, they had the close game with Notre Dame, obviously, which they ended up pulling out and winning, but we've seen now that Notre Dame's pretty good. But then you look at it, you know, 21-point win over App State, crushed Samford, beat Mississippi State by 28, shut out Tennessee 41 to nothing, beat Vanderbilt by 31, and even after struggling for a little bit with Mizzou, they still won that game by 25 points. So I, I just think that Georgia has been the consistent, consistently the most dominating team of those three. Mm, I agree. All right, Tom, lock me up. Uh, for my next lock, we're sticking in the SEC, sticking in the SEC East in particular. Oh, are we going under 46 and a half? No, it's not an under. Oh. Tennessee plus five at Kentucky. Wow. Get, oh, get the wow. hell out of here with making Kentucky a five-point favorite over anybody in wow. the SEC. Wow. If you want to make, make Kentucky yes. a three-point favorite in a conference game at home, fine. A five-point favorite over any other SEC team? Who Name a team that Kentucky should be a five-point favorite against. Go, in the SEC. Try. Van- Vanderbilt. You even sure about that? <laughs> no, I'm not sure. I'm not <laughs> sure. Nothing about the SEC East makes me sure. This is now some of this is skewed obviously by last week, but this is a Kentucky team that's five and two on the year that has allowed more points than it has scored. This is a Kentucky team that in the SEC has given up a lot more points than it has scored. Now again, skewed by getting crushed by Mississippi State last week, but the fact it got crushed by Mississippi State last week, kind of the point. Tennessee has problems, obviously. We could talk about Tennessee. We could do like a week on Tennessee's problems this year on this show. But I just, there is no way in the world, I don't care what's going on. I don't care if John Kelly's, you know, not playing. He's Tennessee not. is going to win this game. I would take Tennessee on the money line. Tennessee plus five, I will lock it up. There's just no reason in the world the Kentucky Wildcats should be a five-point favorite over anybody in the SEC. That's it. That's all this comes down to. Kentucky's, according to all the like the advanced stats, Kentucky is one of the more overvalued teams. I've, oh, very I've... much. <laughs> I mean, you know, I I do my own rankings every week that you know are based on you know math and the stats and all that kind of stuff. And Kentucky, when it was five and one, because since wins are weighted so heavily in my formula, Kentucky was ranked, you know, in the top twenty-five last week. But I, I, when I would look at the stats and I'd put it all in, I was like, "This is a, this is a team that is standing on some very flimsy stilts." And after losing one game in my rankings in my formula, they dropped all the way from twenty-fifth to fiftieth, just based off one loss. So, this is this is a team that's uh, it's a nice house on the outside, but once you get inside, there are some foundation problems. <laughs> I. Uh- I also picked Tennessee to cover and win in the experts' picks. It didn't. It's not a lock. The only my hesitation on calling it a lock is a John Kelly is does look like he's out if I'm not mistaken, right? Yeah, yeah, um, he's suspended. He's suspended, uh, and that's their best player. But also, the concern here for me on the Tennessee side is Kentucky. Say what you will about them, they know what they are. They know that they're going to try to shorten the game, run the football, play good defense, and get out of there. Tennessee, I, what? who the hell knows what they are? <laughs> they don't know what they are. We don't know what they are. And, and I think there is – I'm not sure that I would have said this two years ago, but now where we are today, 
there seems to be a clear coaching advantage in Mark Stoops over Butch Jones. <laughs> I mean, are we at that point? Am I am I wrong on that? Uh, uh, no. <laughs> maybe. I mean, Butch I is know. reeling right now. Like it's it's like I feel like on uh, like in a vacuum, Butch Jones is probably an equal or even better coach. Than, than Mark Stoops, but like it's almost like he's you know he needs a tw- like a twenty second timeout, a TV timeout to just like stop the stop the bleeding, like stop the run and get settled back in. And he's he seems to be floundering right now. And so, I mean, granted, this is an opportunity to, to sort of to 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 stop that run um, and and win a game in Kroger. But I don't know. I'm I'm scared. I'm just it's hard to trust Tennessee. That's I guess that's my my basic point. But I also am on Tennessee both to win and covering the experts because of the, those reasons you said. I look, I look at Butch right now as the wounded animal that's cornered. Yeah. That, that has to, this is, this is it, man. You either, you either come out and you win this game or, you know. I think they understand done. that it's, they, they got to have a five, they got, this is a five game season and they got to go undefeated. Yeah. And this is game one. It's so now or never. <laughs> like, uh, I hate. I, I don't hate, but sometimes I think the the like penalties as a statistic get uh so get thrown around or misused oftentimes in college football analysis. But damn, if in that Alabama game, every single time there was something small that happened good for Tennessee, it didn't come <laughs> back because of a flag. Right. Like like those those uh. Kongbo hands, hands to the, the face, face. penalties <laughs> just like they, they got their stops and then Kongbo puts a hands to the face that was like inconsequential. You're like, what are you doing? Um, I am. I'll tell you one thing. I I watched maybe more. I watched more of that Alabama game than I maybe would have if I was at home enjoying myself and in control of the clicker. But uh, I will say Tennessee's defense has still shown some fight, and for that. I'm locking up the under 46 and a half. I uh, I don't have a good a good feel on um, who ends up winning this game, but I feel pretty good that neither team or only one team is going to hit 24 on the scoreboard. I see a score that's going to be very similar to that South Carolina Tennessee game where we were looking at like 15 to nine, 17 yeah. 13, something like that. So. I'm uh, no side for me on the locks, but I'll lock up under 46 and a half late night Kroger Field action. Yeah, I'm yeah, like no, that. that's cool. I give it to I me. I can dig it. Uh, Barton. I, I am. I've got three in, and as I try to milk this lead for the first time in a long time, I, I almost cut it off at three. Um, at Missouri, but, at Missouri, Georgia, Indiana, all favorites. What a I lame know. card! <laughs> I know, I know. It's I know. it's one of those and, weeks, though. Trust me, I'm right there with you. But I, I'm not going to end it there. I'm going to give you one more. And to your point, Chip, I can't, I can't go just like favorites across the board. So I'm playing Houston. Oh, <laughs> plus. Uh, I've seen it at 11. Yeah. Yeah. Houston plus 11 at South Florida. This is my second consecutive South Florida fade. 
uh, I I won with well no I didn't win on on the locks but I guess I won on the expert picks. Um, but uh, Tulane last week covered against South Florida. This is look South Florida. I've I've said it from the beginning of the season since the first game I saw where they played San Jose State and were you know losing at halftime. Every time I play see South Florida play, I'm unimpressed. And yet here they are in the top 25, like we said they would. After that Stony Brook two-score win, we said we'd be looking up, but they'd be undefeated late in the season, and we'd be looking back and be like, realize this is the same team that almost lost to Stony Brook? Well, here we are. They're still undefeated. They're still ranked really high, and they've got a Houston team coming in that's had a disappointing season that really had no business losing last week to Houston. That was a tough one because I picked that. I picked Houston to win and cover in my experts there as well. And, and Memphis came back and won. Houston needs a big win. UCF is due for a loss. Uh, I think 11 points is a lot of points for a UCF team, or USF team, sorry. That's, again, they have, until last week, they had played nobody. No one. Like, the worst schedule in college football. And so now they have back-to-back tough games. I think Houston comes in there uh, with some resolve. They got to get a win. Uh, they'll be super motivated. I'm, I think USF will too, but I, I think 11 points is too many. And Houston hangs in there, if not, gets the straight up win. Wow. The Fraud Bowl, South Florida and I'm, Houston, both fraudulent teams. I'm with them. You, you, you got Houston plus 11? Yeah, Barton and I are the only two in the CBSSports.com expert picks that have Houston in this game. Um, are you locking it up, Tom? No. <laughs> okay. But I, yeah, like you just said, this is this is fraud versus fraud. <laughs> yeah. But I think Houston is less fraudulent in this matchup. But even Houston, like they're at the point now where they're we may even begin a little value on them because yeah. they've you know early in the season yeah they were frauds but at this point like their 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 records kind of ugly they've they've got some bad some bad games. To, to pull, you know, to, to fall back on. Now I think people are like, "Well, this team been very good." Well, they're they're still okay, and they still have Ed Oliver in the middle, and they still can can play some defense. Um, and if they can get something going on offense, I just I think that they could they could sneak up and win this one. You mentioned uh, cashing Tulane last week. I'm going to stay on the Green Wave. Uh, we're I almost gonna, picked this one too. Yeah, yeah. I'm going to go Tulane plus eleven on some Friday night action at Memphis. Um, you know, this is, this, this is riding the train and hopefully, uh, I haven't, I'm not staying on a little bit too long, uh, especially since, uh, since Tulane came and kicked in the back door to get that cover after being down by two scores most of the week. But, uh, but yeah, man, I, I'm, I'm liking Tulane right now. And I think that if you give me double digit dogs against, pretty much anybody in the AAC not named UCF, I'm going to take it. So Memphis, hell yeah. Let's go, Tulane. Let's go. <laughs> no argument. Yeah, I almost picked that one. It, it's, it, you know, I Memphis is another team I don't really trust, but they're so explosive on offense. They can get on these runs that I'm also too scared to bet against them a whole lot. Uh but I was very close to putting this in my locks. I, I kind of dug into the numbers a little bit, hoping to see some sort of drastic undervalue and, and 
I didn't get confident enough in it, but I, I, I like your pick. Yeah, no, it's it's a hundred percent just thinking that um that they're gonna be able to continue this little run here. And you know what? This might be a game where I, I lose with Memphis leading by seven and then uh screen pass goes for seventy yards. Very possible. I will be sweating this one until the end, I'm sure. Don't feel very yeah. don't feel don't feel like Tulane's gonna win this game. But uh but Memphis, man, yeah, you can't trust Memphis either. These AAC games in November are just going to continue to be uh, just ridiculous. Like, I feel like... Tulane's also another one of those teams that's going to... They're going to slip up and, like, they've got a win against someone on this, like, with Willie Fritz this year. Like, they're going to... They've not beaten a good team yet, unless you count Army, maybe, as their best win. And, And with Memphis, Houston, I guess, remaining, like... You feel like they're going to get one of those. I agree. Uh, Tom, do you have another lock? Yes, I have one final lock. All right. Texas at Baylor, under 57. Nice. Just, I feel like this is the situation. I mean, we saw last week with Texas and Oklahoma State, the Texas defense can play, and it has played very well over the last month or so. And this is a Baylor team where I feel like this is the kind of matchup Matt Rule is looking for, where he does, where he's realizing, oh, I don't have to score forty-five points if I don't want to. <laughs> you know, wait, I could, I could do some some ball control, try to move down, put together. You know, I, I just feel like this is going to be a game that is going to be the anti-Big Twelve shootout. It's going to be a slower-paced, more methodical game from both teams, and I feel like. Maybe Baylor gets this win, although I'm not going to pick that. I just I think Baylor's going to get a win at some point. But I just feel like this is more of a 24 to 21-ish type of game. And I just, you know, you look just as far as Texas is concerned, unders have been very good for the Longhorns this year. They're 5 and unders 5 and 0 in its last 5 road games. It's 6 and 1 in its last 7 games in October which is a funny trend but it's true and then just between these two teams the last 4 years the under has come through in all four meetings this is a game that typically goes under that being said the, the total is usually higher than this because we were talking about you know the older Baylor offenses but i still just think that there's this is more of a going to be a defensive game than it is going to be an offensive game plus there i think is do we know if Sam Ellinger's playing yet I, uh, I'm not sure. Yeah, Good so there's question. still there's still some questions about who's going to be playing tech quarterback at Texas. So I think 57 is just a little too high for the total here. I, I'd be surprised if this game gets to 50. I kind of wonder if, first of all, this is like, if I think the game opened at 10 and a half and it's down to like seven and a half now. At 10 and a half, I would have been really tempted to take Baylor. Yeah, down where it's at now, I'm a little bit more little bit more uh, gun shy um i wonder if this is a game where texas would be better off with buchel in there at quarterback anyways because baylor's had issues defending you know the big play in the past game that's sort of their big play pass game quarterback um buchel can i mean he's he can throw the deep ball and ellen just more of the rough and tumble like um run game quarterback that tom herman likes but this game is, I mean, I agree with you. Like, something, It's almost like something has to give here because I think Baylor gets a win somewhere too beyond like a Kansas win. Um, and yet, 
it's hard for me to see a, a Texas team that is really good that's staring down the barrel of six and six and seven and five, you know, slip up in this one. Um, so I, this was just too weird for me to pit to play. Um, so I, you know, I think that under 57 sounds like a reasonable spot to, to, to take it. The, uh, Texas six and one against the spread. Tom Herman is just very good against the spread. It's, it's a trend at this point. You know what I mean? It, it's not just a fluke. He's been doing it for his entire head coaching career. Mm. Uh, all right. I got one more on the card. Rutgers, Michigan, under 43 and a half. Who wants to sweat? <laughs> that is, that is a sweat. Every, uh, every Rutgers touchdown is going to be uh, – or every Rutgers point is going to be bad news. So you got to hope for a, sh- for a shutout here. I, I feel like if Rutgers is going to score a touchdown in this game, it's going to be on like a long, broken run. Nah, you know what I mean? Yeah, no, if Rutgers hits 14 points, it's because they get uh, seven safeties. Like, or or, <laughs> or a John O'Corn turnover. Yeah, yeah or John O'Corn fumble, actually fumbles it backwards 20 yards, and <laughs> Rutgers picks it up and runs uh, in for a touchdown. Yeah, I, I, well, I'm looking at the, like, was it Michigan favored by like 24, 25, and an over-under of 43 and a half? <laughs> yeah, that <laughs> tells you everything you need to know about what Vegas thinks of Rutgers' <laughs> chance to score. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, I'm betting on, uh, betting on Michigan's defense and Michigan's offense, and I'm going 43 and a half, as in I don't think Michigan's offense is going to score more than 24 points, and I don't think Rutgers is going to get more than 12. I want to so, talk to... I want to talk to somebody who's like comfortable taking Michigan minus twenty four. <laughs> I I thought about it. I actually thought about it. No, I did. This is so. <laughs> the, the last two years, Chip, uh, Michigan has covered the total on its own. Yes, including last year's seventy eight to zero win, <laughs> which covered the fifty two and a half over. Um, and this. This Rutgers team is not going to be able to move the ball. Um, Michigan, like I don't know, like I didn't, do, I didn't do it for the same reason. Like I shouldn't have ever taken Florida State last week. Like it's time to stop trusting these brand teams that aren't, aren't, aren't delivering. But I just find it really hard to believe this Michigan team, with this coaching staff and that talent, doesn't have a game where they get it together and score in the red zone and and find continuity on offense and this seems like a great opportunity to do it this seems like a great get get right week with Rutgers and Rutgers has improved this year they're not going to win 78 to nothing but I mean did you see the stats in last year's in last week's 14 to 12 win over Purdue like they I watched the game my friends (laughs) 130 rushing yards and 87 passing yards was the winning total uh and, and I mean, Purdue actually had 280 rushing yards and like 195 passing yards. But you know, I don't. You tell me, Tom, how they f- figured out to win that game. This team is bad. Michigan State, Michigan is not bad. They're just not great. And I, I don't know. I just, this is. I was tempted to take the 24. I'm not going to do it just because I've I've gotten burned enough by the Auburns and the Florida States of the world this year. Uh, but go ahead and, and and roll the dice on that under and. 
I don't think Rutgers is going to score. Come on, 35 to nothing. Give me 35 to nothing. For this Michigan team, 35 to nothing would be 78 to nothing for another team. (laughs) Yeah. You ever ever been to an NHL game in between periods? They have like the four-year-olds playing hockey. That's what this is. That's what that game was like. That's what last week's Purdue Rutgers game was. It was like watching a four-year-old play an exhibition hockey game between periods. Um, all right, so I'm uh, all right to review. Unless anyone's got anything left, uh, not a lock or anything. I kind of like West Virginia plus seven and a half at home against Oklahoma State. Yeah, I picked I picked West Virginia to win that game. I don't. I think that might have been stupid, but I did not in a lock, but in the experts' picks. Um, so I'm with you on that, though I'm scared of it. I think that uh, that that game's going to come down to where you get the number. Feels like a touch four or five. I don't know. Do you really think West Virginia's going to win that game? No, I don't. <laughs> I don't. Know. I picked it, and here I am. Like I don't really. I, I'm like, what? I was I was rushed. I think a principle for me is not picking against Will Greer because I do believe Will Greer is one of the like he is playing. He is one of the most productive and successful quarterbacks in the country right now. And the last thing that I want to do is be trying to protect a spread with Will Greer marching down the field. What's the total on that game? 73 and a half, 74? Yeah. That's, both those teams are going to have a hard time stopping the other one, I would think. Are you thinking about going over 73? My, my, my. Just freaking... That's a from the from the get go. You're like running back, running back, running back, running back. That's a fun cover if that hits. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. All right. To review, Barton is on Missouri minus thirteen, Georgia minus thirteen and a half, Indiana minus four and a half, and Houston plus eleven. Tom is on Notre Dame minus seven, Ohio State, Penn State under fifty seven, Louisiana Tech minus thirteen. Tennessee plus five and a half. Texas Baylor under 57. Chip is on NC State plus seven. Wake Forest plus three. Tulane plus 11. Missouri Yukon under 78 and a half. Tennessee Kentucky under 46 and a half. Ohio State minus six and a half. Rutgers Michigan under 43 and a half. And TCU minus six and a half. It's a lot of picks. It's, it's, uh- I think there's going to be a good week for the syndicate. It's uh, it's I, got, a, I got a good feeling. It's a Saturday here at uh, the Palatial Patterson Studios. I want to have a lot of action. <laughs> I've got full control of all the televisions and screens. I want to. I want. I want to sweat. I want to sweat don't, it. Don't abandon the run game, Chip. Just taking <laughs> shots, trying to catch up. Still got a lot of time left, man. If this goes south for me after uh and I end up back on the other side of zero, I'm gonna be I'm gonna be right back to running the ball. <laughs> uh any reverse line movements or weird lines that uh you guys want to actually I looked, I didn't see a ton of um of reverse line movement that caught my eye this week. Um let's see. We mentioned the Oklahoma State West Virginia game. That one was one that I was losing sleep over. Oh, Miami at North Carolina. Miami wins by 30. I think this is Miami's first chance to blow somebody out. Yeah. Yeah. North Carolina has, uh, North Carolina's got the cosmic cantina delivery staff playing in the 
defensive backfield. They're uh, they're toast. I almost took. I also thought about taking San Jose State plus twelve and a half. BYU shouldn't be laying double digits to anybody in college football. Yeah, but but siding with San Jose State violates a principle. <laughs> siding with BYU violates a principle this year too. Agreed. They, what, they lost to East. They lost to East Carolina, right? Is that, that what they lost to? That's an on the field I lock. Mean, it should be literally illegal to bet on that game. <laughs> <laughs> Like if you go, you go to the window and place a bet. A cop just shows up behind you and starts walking you off to another room. It's like, come, you come with me, sir. Uh, what about these Arizona Arizona State games? Uh, Washington State at yeah, Arizona, man. USC at Arizona State. I I'm staying away from them for all locks and purposes, but I'll be locked in in terms of watching them and, and looking for some good entertainment. I agree. I actually penciled in Arizona plus three at one point for this show but uh, backed off it because I'm scared of, of um, that Washington State defense. It's, all, it's pretty good. So, But, man, I'm, I'm on the Khalil Tate train big Ooh. time. So I'd love to see them. I'd, I'd like to see them win it. I'd love to see Arizona just keep on rolling. What about, uh, what about the Sun Devils? Did they catch USC, a hobbled USC team? And, Who did uh, you guys and, pick in, this, in your experts? I picked Arizona State to win. I picked USC. I can't. I picked Arizona State to cover. Oh, you split the baby on three oh, and a half? That's... No, I, I might have picked Arizona State to win. I can't remember. I'm just saying I know I picked Arizona State to cover. I don't know if I picked them to win outright, though. I can't. I don't know if I'm ready to live in a world where we go from, like, talking USC college football playoff national title contender to talking, uh, oh, Arizona State, couple wins away from locking up the Pac-12 South. I like I mean, Arizona, Arizona State battle for the South. <laughs> it's gonna be it's gonna be amazing on Saturday night if both Arizona and Arizona State win. That's exactly the situation we're in. I know, and I'm not ready it's, for it. And I'm awesome. kind of rooting for it. <laughs> I'm rooting for it, man. Yeah, that'd, be, I, that'd be awesome. Because remember, remember before the year when we were talking when we did dark horses, Arizona was one of my Pac-12 dark horses, and I didn't even really believe it. <laughs> oh yeah, that was the one where you're like, oh yeah, I kind of have to pick a couple. I had to pick three, and Arizona was the third Pac-12 team. So now, if Arizona actually does win the Pac-12 South, I can be like, see guys, I knew it all along. <laughs> Like in the post realignment world, since the Pac-10 uh, split and now into two divisions and became the Pac-12, like the 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 Arizona and Arizona State winning the division when USC was down, like I, I sort of factored that back into my head the way that uh, Wake Forest and Boston College were running the ACC Atlantic for a little bit while Clemson and Florida State were down. Mm-hmm. But now I guess we just got to talk about Arizona and Arizona State as the perennial powers in the Pac-12 South, right? <laughs> Them, Colorado, and Utah. Yeah. Jeez. <laughs> right. Come on. When I was in, in our preseason, like, bold predictions, I predicted that half of the, big, of the Pac-12 South would get fired or would, would, would no longer be the coach in the season. Thinking Rich Rod, Todd Graham, Jim Mora, um, but – what if, in fact, it was Clay Helton, Jim Mora, and Mike McIntyre? Who wouldn't be Mike McIntyre? He's safe. He was like just my, coach uh, of the year. I think yeah. my bold prediction was that everybody in the South except for USC would have four conference losses, at least. 
Mm. And that's that's still in play. <laughs> yeah. Oh man, should be wild. All right, so we have got all of our cards in. We uh, we are ready to go start locking it up. You can follow Barton at Barton Simmons. You can follow Tom at Tom Fernelli. You can follow me at Chip underscore Patterson. Uh, make sure that you subscribe to the twenty four seven Sports College Football Podcast because subscribers get the episodes first. Gentlemen, thank you very much. Good luck. Thank you. Thank you.